Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I was going to begin by saying welcome back to Head of the Podcast, but I realized that we don't really have an episode to welcome you back from. And what I'm going to share today isn't technically the Head of the Podcast episode. Um, what I'm going to share today is more so of a reflection from our halaqa group. What we do in our halaqas is we listen to a lecture of the seerah over Zoom and then afterwards we discuss and we reflect. I did want the first episode to be sort of me answering the questions that I get a lot and just doing that in one episode of Get to Know Me as well. But I did really want to get this out and inshallah I'm going to share more of these to come as well on the side, um, different to the head of episodes that I do want to share with you. Um, but inshallah I do find this to be of benefit. And in these halaqas there are just girls like you and I like we're not extremely knowledgeable, we don't have a degree in anything, all we're doing is just learning and reflecting with each other, which is something I do want to encourage every single one of you guys to do. Even if you just talk to yourself in the mirror, or if you're going on a walk and you hear something, just stop and think about it and ponder over it. And it's extremely important to do, especially when we're reading the Quran. Um, I'm going to dilly-dally and just talk about tafakkur if I keep going on. And that's just reflecting upon the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what I want to pass on today is that reflection is incredibly, incredibly important. And these amazing discussions that we had were not through knowing a lot. It was just through reflecting a lot. And where we are up to in the seerah episodes at the moment is where the Prophet wasallam is beginning his open da'wah. Up until now, he's gotten revelation and he is calling to his close friends and family. But now that he's got permission and revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's been told to go call to the people of Quraysh. So where we left off was um, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam went to the mountain of Safa and he told the Quraysh, and I'm basically paraphrasing here, that he was like, if I told you that there was an army coming, would you believe me? And they said, you know, we have not known you to lie, um, O Muhammad. They didn't believe him as um, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam at that time. And so that's what they said to him. They replied, they were like, you know, you've been most truthful. We haven't known you to lie. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, I'm coming here with a greater warning. You know, judgment day is real. You will return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so on. And then the first person to respond to him was his own uncle Abu Lahab cursing him and saying like, is this pretty much what you gathered us here for? And so this is me paraphrasing it, but that's basically where we are currently up to. And we're just reflecting, the reflection started basing off, you know, if we were the ones standing, if we were the people of Quraysh standing in front of the Prophet wasallam, in front of this man that we've known our whole lives, and here he is telling us that he is a messenger of God, and he's a prophet, and that there is a different God that we have to worship without associating anyone to him. Wondering if if we were the ones standing there, would we be for or against the Prophet And that's sort of where our reflection began. And I don't want to speak too much more. I'm just going to let it play. And I pray this is of benefit. And I would love, love, love to hear your reflections as well, whether it be in the comments or in the reviews, or just let me know what you learned from it as well. And also share your reflections. And I asked the sisters before I started recording because we've been doing this for the past two months and every single reflection has just been beautiful coming from these girls and I love them so much for the sake of Allah so Halaka girls, I love you so much um, and so yeah, we've been doing this for the past two months and I just decided now that I've got my podcast out there 
I, you know, this is an opportunity to give these girls as well to share a beneficial reminder. And I asked them at the beginning and I said, if you're not okay with this, that's fine. Message me. And um, a girl did message me saying that she doesn't want her part in it. I was like, it's completely fine. Alhamdulillah, it's cut out and it's still smooth sailing. Um, but I also did say that this is an opportunity. This is a sadaqah opportunity because one of the three things that you leave behind in this world is beneficial knowledge. And as soon as, as long as people... Um, reflect upon it and they gain benefit from it and they implement it, you will get rewards, inshallah, up until the Day of Judgment. Um, so I do encourage once again, just from introducing this, to reflect and to share beneficial reminders, no matter what it be. And you're going to hear in these girls, it's personal stories. And what I love about it, as I said before, it's that these girls are just like you and I. You know, we don't have any special degree or something that we have attained this knowledge once again it's just through reflection so whatever whatever episode you listen to whatever lecture you listen to whatever verse in the quran you read make sure you reflect because everything is an ayah from allah everything is a sign and i have mumbled on for five minutes so let me get this um, reflection part going and as i said before inshallah it is of benefit and salam alaikum from me when i hear about them like being so opposed to the Prophet ﷺ, even the message was like so simple and clear. Like you, I'm listening and, you know, we'd all be like, yeah, you know, I would have backed the Prophet ﷺ 100%, but like, would we have? Like everyone saying, oh, I'm in the wrong generation. I wish I was back there where the Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was around. But it's like, if you were there, would you, <laughs> what if you were the ones going against him? Like if you look at your actions and how you take the rulings of Islam and how you implement them and how you love the Prophet Sallallahu if you just look at that part of your life, would you be of the ones for Team Islam or would you be Team Quraysh? And I'm just like, Subhanallah, it's so true. Like people, people are so ready to Subhanallah. Um, you know, like oh, go for jihad, whatever, fight for the Deen, but you can't get up a Fajr Salah. You can't. That's those same biceps can't lift up the blanket. Subhanallah, it's like. It's so true. It's like you can, it's all, it's all talk, you know what I mean? Talk is cheap, you know? It's through action. And these same companions of the Prophet faced torment after torment, torture after torture, you know, for what? For just carrying the, the word, carrying the statement, La ilaha illallah, believing in one God. That's all they did. And they were faced with torments, torment, per, uh, persecution, attack, hatred. You know, their life was difficult, you know? And it's like, you know, eventually, you know, we're kind of, history's kind of going to repeat itself and it's going to be hard to hold on to our deen. It's going to be hard to hold on, la ilaha illallah, like, like hot coals, subhanAllah. So we're going to see if if really we're going to be able to withstand that heat. You know, there's so many people that enter the fold of Islam and jump straight back out. Why? Because this deen isn't easy. It's not easy to wake up with pleasure. It's not easy to pray five times a day on time. It's not easy to do all that stuff, subhanAllah. So I'm just gonna mute. And it reminds me of the hadith where the Prophet like this is for the people that saying the ummah is finished, you know, like I wish I was born in a different generation, you know, thinking that they should be somewhere else. The Prophet said, if a man says that the people are ruined, he is the most ruined among them. And it's like, come on, guys, stop complaining and start actually doing something. Madam, you're still muted. <laughs> All I hear is <laughs> Yeah, the, the packets stopped. They were eating. Anyway, yes, yeah, it's so true. Well, it's really um, 
was so uh, inspirational. This today's lesson was very inspirational. It's like, subhanallah, like one thing for me, like, you know, I pr- pretty, I think everyone's struggle is fajr, you know, subhanallah. And, you know, I always remind myself before I wake up, you know, do I love, do I love the messenger and uh, the messenger and Allah more than myself? And that's what makes me get, get up. Like, you know, do we really love them more than ourselves? Like, is that really what we do? We really like, you know, subhanallah. So it should be able to kind of like motivate you to get up and do do more. Subhanallah. So sisters, um, we'll open up the mic now, inshallah, to the rest of the sisters. Oh, Sister Saba, you had a hand up. Guys, if you have a hand up, don't put it down. We'll get to it. <laughs> if you want to share, inshallah. Uh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. This is my first session here and I really enjoyed it a lot. And the reason I put my hands down was I was not sure if we are supposed to speak or how how we're going to progress. No, go for it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I uh I just wanted to add that uh, although all these things happened uh at the time when there was no Islam and he bought the Islam, but even now these we are regressing back and all these things are coming back and they are getting normalized and uh, we we as muslims are getting lost like uh, people have normalized drinking so much that now it's like would you like to drink mm. just like you're asking for coke instead of alcohol so i guess even the things have become quite normalized now and to be on the right path is has become very challenging so doing and saying are two different things just wanted to add that Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Hope you guys are doing well. <laughs> um, I just have a lot to say, actually. Um, these What's type of stories, I, I know, right? I'm always talking. <laughs> I love it. Um, the stories of the Sahaba, like, always, like, get to me because I know that me personally, I'm glad I was born when I was born because if I was back then, who knows what I would be doing? <laughs> like, well, are you like... Who knows what I would be doing? Like, I'm going to be 100% honest. Um, I've never been one of those to be like, oh, I wish I was the Hazab. I wish I was back then. Like, I hate my time. Like, no, you don't. Like, no, you do not. Like, seriously. Um, And when I hear about, like, how much, like, torture and all these things they went through, and it's usually the people who have the smallest amount of knowledge who go through the worst. And it's like, if all you know, like, Bilal, all he knew was 1-1. It's all he knew. And that man stood on that for years. And it's like, we have so much knowledge. We have so much knowledge. Like, it's so accessible to all of us. And we still struggle to get up for Fajr. We still struggle to do the tiniest little things. So if we have all this knowledge and we still struggle to do tiny little things, tiny little acts, how do you expect you to be back then? Like, <laughs> we struggle now, especially with how much fitna and everything is going on in the world. We struggle so much to do the small things. So how do you expect to be able to respond torture? I don't think you understand how badly these people were tortured, how the things that they went through, like, that's not that's not something small. It's not something to think lightly of. And honestly, I love all of them for the sake of Allah, because they brought 
all of us to our religion, they suffered so much for us to have what we have today. And that's like, that's part of the thing that I think of. Like when I fucking, ooh, when I struggled to get up for Fajr and stuff like that, I think like, was all of that in vain? All the stuff that these people went through, all the stuff our prophet went through, was it in vain? No, it wasn't. So why don't I get up? Like, I'm not being tortured. I'm not having someone beat me because I believe in what I believe in. Like, yeah, people are going to talk, especially since I'm in the copy and I live in a republic stake in um, the the United States with a whole bunch of like super strict extremist Christians. So of course, like I hear stuff all the time and I'm walking down the street or I've had people um, try to pull off my niqab or try to pull off my hijab. Like I've experienced all those things. So it's like, I can barely deal with that. Like one of the reasons I started wearing niqab is because I was a very explosive person. Like you say one thing to me, I'm all over here like, you need to shut up. <laughs> like I'm going crazy. And it's like now, even like when I deal with those type of things, like I kind of just look at people like, are you okay? You're yelling at me because I believe in what I believe in. Like, are you okay in the head? Like, why do you care about what I believe in? I'm not going around trying to convert anyone. I'm not going around trying to force you to believe in what I believe in. So why can't I just believe in what I believe in and you believe in what you believe in and we just be good? Like, I don't understand that. But back to um, what they were talking about with like the creation and everything. Like, it's funny how they knew, like the first thing he said was, if I told you there was an enemy behind this mountain, would you believe me? They said, yes. But as soon as you start talking about Allah, as soon as you start trying to turn people to the truth, they automatically don't believe you. They demonize you. They tell all these lies about you. They say all these horrible things when they know it's a lie. Like, you know, this stuff isn't true. You know that the prophet was a truthful, honest person. And it's funny how when you're amongst people and you're doing what they're doing, it's okay. But as soon as you tell them like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Hey, maybe we should start looking into this religion. Maybe you should start doing this, like save yourself from hellfire. Then all of a sudden you're a liar. You're arrogant. You do witchcraft. Like you do all this crazy stuff. But just two days ago, we were cool. We were buddies. We were chit-chatting great. And now that I'm trying to help you, I'm trying to save you from hellfire. You're mad at me. That doesn't make any sense. But like he said, it kind of does because they didn't want to be equal to people. Like it wasn't about, it truly was not about what the prophet was saying necessarily. It wasn't about that he was saying, oh, believe in Allah. It was the fact that everyone is not equal. Now you have to show your wealth. Now you're on the same page as like a black person or not Arab. And they didn't like that. And that's really sad that like, we still deal with that today. Like you're still seeing stuff like that today. And the prophet was alive 1400 years ago. Like, it's crazy that we're still dealing with this stuff. And it's kind of getting, it's getting a little crazy. Like they're banning hijabs, they're banning the cobs. People are taking off their hijabs because they don't feel safe. And that's sad. It's sad that we can't feel safe in our religion and our deen. And that we can like literally be attacked for. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. But inshallah, everyone on here, you know, you stay in your deen and you strengthen yourself, you know, we have, we definitely have the resources, even if you can't like get a physical book, there's so many resources online, there's so much stuff out there for Islam, you just have to look for it, and I think that's all I have to say, I might come back a little later, we'll see. <laughs> that was what you say, so it's very, very deep, excellent, excellent summary, and it's very, very important, like, subhanAllah, it's so true, we, we take it for advantage, and, you know, I love how you said, you know, your struggle, you know, people are trying to, you know, rip the niqab off you, but you still stay, stay um, strong, subhanAllah. At the end of the day, um, you know, it's a mini, it's a minuscule compared to what they went through, subhanAllah. Yes, you know, it is. Uphold, 
yeah, you're upholding that and staying strong, you know. If you really go down to the logic, there's no logic. Why are they attacking you? There is no, it's just literally is no shaitan. Like yeah, it's just it's a little khimar, it's just a little like it's yeah. it's literally it's cloth. You're so you're so intimidated by it. I don't understand. Like it's it's cloth. It's the same cloth you have on your clothes. It's just on my face. Like I don't get it. You it's you have on a mask. You literally have on a mask. We're the same. Wahi, we're the same, bro. You have on a mask. Like, exactly. It's, it's a shaitan it's because you're on the right path there's no logic anymore they want to like then that's how it is yeah. so we're just gonna I pass muslims, i say muslims they're like them speaking against the niqab too like like mm-hmm. they like, like taking yeah, it in islamophobia that. and just spreading it too sad I, sad but i will say an arrogant person is going to be arrogant regardless if you have a khimar and the niqab any of that if you're arrogant you're arrogant like that's just what it is like i hear all the time you know that's not a part of islam or if i show my eyebrows it's like oh you're not wearing your rights so you might as well take it off and i just i don't really care about any of that like please just shush, shush, be quiet it's okay to be quiet we don't always have to talk just shush even though i don't know how to shush you should shush like correct me if i'm wrong but you're like resilient it comes from your iman Tell me, yes. like, tell me if I'm wrong, but if you did not have your conviction and knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you and that you are actually doing this for a right reason, the second someone gives you a little bit of hardship with the hijab, you stop with the clothing, you stop it up <laughs> immediately, like, like immediately. Because it makes no sense. Off. And so that's why with our hardships and everything that we face in our life, and we can also look to the Sahaba to them, it's like they were so convicted that this dunya is temporary and their eternal home is in Jannah. What hardship they're getting here is they're, they're going to be rewarded for it and compensated for it in Jannah. Like there's a hadith where the Prophet wasallam says that there is not a single hardship or a pain, even if it's a prick of a thorn that a believer goes through, that they will not get the rewards for it. So it's like everything that we're going through to, to to a non-believer like we actually look crazy who in their yeah, right mind <laughs> would go f- not eating food from sunrise to sunset or who in their right oh my mind gosh. five days uh, five times out of the day that just go and do some weird washy thing and put their head on the floor to, to them we look crazy we to do the, look crazy them, yeah they don't understand that within hardship we're getting tested we're getting stronger we're getting closer to allah to them we look like fools but the thing yeah. is because your iman is strong and because you are so convicted in your faith i believe that's why you have the strength and may allah reward you you're truly an inspiration man. thank you sister that's so sweet but i definitely think like knowledge is power like i said i mentioned this before i don't know if there's anyone new on here but when i first started wearing hijab it wasn't because i was like oh i want to please allah or because i really knew what hijab was it's because i saw other muslims doing it and slowly my hijab started to fall it started it went from fully covering how it is now to like now my neck is open now it's back here and all my hair is out (laughs) now it's it's just a shawl at this point like it slowly fell because i didn't have the knowledge of why I was wearing it. I didn't have the knowledge of why I was praying in another language that I don't even understand. Like I didn't have the knowledge. So that's why I strongly believe that before you start, especially for like new reverts, before you start wearing hijab and maybe niqab, if that's what you want to do, you should have the knowledge for it. Because if you don't, it will fall. 
It will. If you don't, if it's not rooted in Allah, it will fall. If it's rooted in a human, if it's rooted in fashion, if it's rooted in whatever, it will fall. It has to be rooted in Allah. It has to be rooted in knowledge. Because if you don't have that, it's going to fall. It's 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 that's just inevitable. And I'm speaking from experiences. I'm not just talking. <laughs> like if you don't have that knowledge, if you don't have that that conviction, it's like a tree. You don't see any trees still standing that have no roots. You don't see any plants still standing that don't have any roots. Like if you pull a plant up and you take its roots up and you put it back down, it's going to fall. If you don't have any roots, it's just going to fall. You're just going to fall over. You're just going to tumble and you're going to blow with the wind. You have to have roots. Yeah. You need to lay the foundation and the foundation needs to be a strong structure in order to uphold any challenges, any wins, any totally understand. See, smells what to reward you. Um, So inspiration always, always. (laughs) Thank you. I love you. Somebody um, else talk because I could talk all day. No, love you more, Sisola. Um, I don't know who was next. Sis, did you pick up who was next? Uh, I saw Hanan. Hanan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And so it's actually my first time joining you guys, and I thought I was going to be floating, but alhamdulillah, all is going well. So yeah, I just wanted to add on. When the Sheikh was saying, when he was talking about how the Quraysh were opposing the da'wah of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Allah was responding to the Prophet's situation and he told him and we know that you like whatever they're telling you and whatever they're saying to you is uh, what is it called how do I say it it's like it's doing something to your heart and mm. I'm thinking about how the same is also happening in this generation somebody also said in the comments this, this the same has been happening in the past generations and, and we're also going through the same thing so my ustada Allahumma barikaha, she told us when you're doing da'wah it comes with either like it, it comes with mockery it comes with like so many comments and stuff so and she uses the ayah in surah al-asr and she says the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to use the word haq before sabr is like whenever you're talking about about haq and giving out da'wah you have to have sabr you have to be patient so you enjoin each other in good and you have, you have to enjoin each other in patience so we usually get the same, we get the same torment, like even with our own brothers and sisters in Islam, like when you're trying to give our da'wah to them, we have the small, small comments that they get to us. So I'm not saying like we're better than anyone, but I'm just saying that even the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam faced the same thing. Yeah, so that's well, all I wanted to... Radical Fikisis, it's so true. If anything, we get more um, harshness from our parents yeah. or from our family members subhanallah and that like you said um you know in giving enjoying good you're going to get the hardship and the and the thing so have patience you know subhanallah well said and i love how um it was your teacher who related to Sult asad is so true is that you know you need to have patience if you're if you're if you're speaking good speaking the truth you need to have patience yeah she told me one time and it stuck to me the whole time so and then now when the sheikh brought it up i'm like so that's what she meant by I'm definitely going to use that. That's now cemented in my brain. Wallahi, that's amazing. Thank you, sis, for passing on the knowledge. All right, next, sister. Um, I don't know who was next. Does anyone remember? Zartashia, and then Sakiba, and then Mumia. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. 
I ha- I'm uh, like it's my first um, session here, and I'm very much impressed. I rarely have friends who are, you know, religious, and I do live in a state where like people are Muslims around here, but. I'm really not really supported with my decision of, you know, I just started hijab as um, sister Khadija said, so she um, struggled with hijab and stuff. So I just started it because my sister uh, started it. And uh, we usually are not supported by our own family. You know, my mother and father are not really supportive about it. But, you know, you have your intention of being God. And I just lost my best friend a few days ago. So I know that like, we have to, you know, be answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, I got more closer to him, uh, considering the fact that um, he uh, took something that close from me. So I think that's an indication for me uh, as a, I don't know, a, a, a gift from him to tell me that I have to be sabr and do have sabr. And as my uh, mother says, uh, it's just not you know, uh, it's not really my age to start doing stuff like that. But uh, I don't know if it's the right state or not. But this just uh, touched me a lot. Um, the way Sister Khadija talked about her struggle with naqab and hijab and stuff like that. I related to it a lot. And mashallah, everyone here is so supportive. I would join again and i i I love you guys so much it's just it's just so amazing (laughs) thank you love you too sis sis subhanallah you touched a really on on a really important thing subhanallah with everything sis especially when you know the fact that you know something so close to you um like a, a, a passing of someone very close to you subhanallah the fact that um it affected you it's also trying to wake you up you know, every little thing that we see around us, the fact that this message has reached us, it's from Allah as a blessing to wake us up. You know, sometimes, for example, getting sick, a light sickness can wake someone up to get closer to Allah. Or someone has to have a serious wake up call, a massive shake to wake them up, subhanAllah. So you either wake up, I'd prefer to be woken up by something small like a little sickness or, you know, a little cut or a broken hand, rather than Aspata waking you up from a massive issue, like a Beda Shad, you know, Aspata never tests us with cancer or some significant issue or death of a family member, you know. So you'd rather wake up from something small, even though this, this is a big issue. Obviously, you had someone passing very, very close. But Aspata wants you to wake up and get closer to him. And if you do not, if you choose not to get close to him, then something else will come. Because at the end of the day, Allah wants us to succeed in this dunya. He wants us to get to Jannah. Um, and he'll be, he'll keep sending us these warning signs and these reminders for us to wake up before we reach our grave, before we reach um, when it's too late. So Mouthwater reward you sis for taking this as a sign and waking up yourself in inshallah. You know, you, you stay steadfast and you keep going on the straight path. Bismillah ta'ala. Jazakallah khairan, sis. Jazakallah Thank you so much. And I think also looking at that as well, it's like take everything in life as a sign. Even like, subhanAllah, this sister, she shared this. It doesn't have to happen to us for us to act upon it. We don't have to go through all of this. Like, subhanAllah, you'd rather go through, like learn from a hardship, as, as bad as it sounds, by seeing it from others before you learn it the hard way through, uh, through what happened to you. So it's like, subhanAllah, oh, I always think of um, Ali, Ali Bennett, Allah, Allah Yarhamu. He's the one that started the um, big f- uh, charity, MATW. 
he was a rich boy. He was living, living like a normal person. And then he got cancer. He got diagnosed with cancer and he called his cancer a gift from Allah because it allowed for him to use his wealth and his last moments on this earth in the way of like in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Until this day, his charity is running. Until this day, orphans are being fed under his name. And like all of this happened because he got cancer. So he took it as his gift. So when we hear a story like that, let's not wait for it to happen to us because we might not be blessed with cancer and like something slow, like quote unquote slow like that. Tomorrow you, you and I could just pass away or we could not wake up. Like every single night we go to bed, like we're not guaranteed to wake up in the morning. So everything that you hear and just take every sign as a sign for yourself. Like it's no, co- it's no coincidence that you are here on this Zoom. It's no coincidence that you are hearing these stories. Take all of these as signs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's just like reflect upon everything. And yes, yeah, so I thank you for no sharing. So true. Any, anything that, that reaches you, the fact that we're all in this room and we heard about this death, change. Allah is reminding us, come closer. Even if it's by something so small, implementing something so small by, for example, morning and evening adhkar or praying salat al-duha, whatever it is, just increase one little step towards Allah. Inshallah, that will be a good sign. So sister, I think the next sister is Sister Mu'mina, was it? Or Sabika Sakiba? Sakiba. Uh, Sakiba, then Mu'mina, and then Alia, and then Mista. Giving you my confidence. sister Sakiba. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu. All right. I I have a bit of cold, so excuse me. All right. So basically, uh, Salah. So what they said was how there was two rakat for morning and evening. For I think it was since the time of Prophet Musa. And as much as I know that uh, we weren't... Uh, there was no ruku for Prophet Musa salam, and before that. And then Allah has blessed us with ruku institute, which uh, is amazing. It shows like how high our place has gotten and how many times God wants to meet us and discuss our issues with us. So which was very nice. And the other thing that was very interesting was I've listened, recently heard a lecture and this reminded me of that, that it said that when you're praying, uh, like if Allah was to ask you when did you pray with the most khusus, the most tawakkul if you ask that, the person would say if there was this time when they wanted something really bad mm. and during that time it's the most sincere prayer so uh, I've heard like in our groups as well, I've heard uh, a lot of sisters saying that how they're having trouble with salah and keeping up with the salah, I do too and what really helps me is when I think of it in a manner that what do I want to ask Allah or what do I want to talk about to Allah? So it's usually a conversation for me. I am not an Arabic speaker. So after my salah, my duas are longer than my salah. Let's just say that. And it's usually an entire conversation. And if I don't have anything to ask, I just discuss whatever happened during the day, which was amazing. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to share. Thank that's you. Beautiful. Amazing strategy, sis. Allah, that's really, really important. At the end of the day, you're trying to build that connection between you and Allah. So that's fantastic. And I'll spot to reward you. Think, think of how beautiful it is, like how many billions of people around the world and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose you to come on the prayer mat and talk to him directly. Like that's the when you're when you're like all of us mean? are praying. It, Pardon? The, the salah came to us. As a gift, subhanAllah, you know, if we really think about that, like, you know, when, when 
when during the the ascension journey, Asra Maraj, um, he was given fifty prayers, and the Prophet said, running down, you know, like me coming down from the ascension, and like so happy, you know, Subhanallah, until he reached, until he reached, um, or met with uh, Musa alayhi salam. And he knew, he advised him, you know, it's going to be too hard on your people. But it's at the end of the day, if you really realize it's an actual gift, it's a blessing we got given. Not all the other, no other nation was given this amazing gift. So if we really think and reflect like that and uphold it like a gift, we'll change our life. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum Excuse my English, I'm not very good at it, but yeah. So I wanted to add to the uh, to whatever you said in the beginning of the discussion that people uh, tend to say that if we were one of the Sahabas, we would have done a lot more for Islam than what we are doing today. But like people can't even dis- disagree on other people's opinion on the most basic things. Like for example, if somebody doesn't like a series or a season, they can't even say it's not good if like uh, not a lot of people are saying that. Like for example, if like uh, uh, 10 people are saying that some series is like the best series and you don't even like it at all, you still say that, oh yeah, it's so good. It has this, 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 mm-hmm. this, this. So like when we cannot even disagree on such small things, how do we uh, expect ourselves to disagree when like the most uh, like uh, important people of the era were against us and they had different opinions. Uh, also talking about Islamophobia, like sometimes it comes from Muslims themselves because like um, like I, I'm not like a full-time Naqabi, but I try to like wear my Naqab in university and stuff. Uh, once this one girl asked me if like I wore it all the time and I was like, no, I just wear it in the university and whenever I feel like wearing it. So she uh, came, she was like, oh my God, how could you do that? this it's such a big sin like uh if you like start wearing all these things you have to like keep on wearing them and stuff 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 and I was like uh okay fine and then she herself didn't even do the hijab or like any sort of parda she would wear sleeveless and everything but she had and like I'm no one to judge she might be closer to a lot like I I cannot say anything about it but like that was very like you do not realize this thing but it's very this um I don't know uh, it's very discouraging for the other person and also like oh, when yeah. you're yeah and also when you like start wearing hijab and stuff people do not like appreciate you but their first question is uh, oh is your father uh, like forcing you to wear it and stuff like that Jabke, like it's it's like we're living in a muslim community and i belong to a muslim family so like why do you expect that i can only do it if my father forces me to do it yeah that's all Subhanallah, sis. It's either it's either the father forcing you or the husband. Subhanallah, what's wrong with these people? No. <laughs> Subhanallah, it's always one or the other. Like when my sister put on the niqab, first question was like, "Oh my gosh, is your husband forcing?" Not knowing that my mom said she can't wear it in the house, so she got married in order to wear it. <laughs> Subhanallah, like you know what I mean? Like it's just it's Subhanallah, it's uneducated people, and the idea of all in or all out is the wrong wrong statement. That's exactly the trick of the shaitan. It's like mm. you know when someone starts wearing the niqab, the hijab, just say the hijab. And they're still wearing jeans and pants and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's a journey, you know. A din isn't, you know, you have to go from zero to 100 straight away. No, it's a slow progression. As long as you're striving and walking towards improving, however, you, how, how long it, ever it takes, as long as you're working towards, you know, improving. Yeah, I definitely so, I'm definitely- after all, your system. No, no, go, 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 go. 
Oh, no, go for it. I was just saying last well, one. Just one. Want me now. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I would never tell a girl to go and wear jeans and a shirt. But if she is on her hijab journey, it is better than her wearing a shirt and a skirt. Maybe after the jeans, she'll make it a baggy jeans. After the baggy jeans, she'll turn it into a skirt. After the shirt, it's a long sleeve. The hijab comes. Yes, her neck is showing. She just came. But as long as wherever you are, you acknowledge that this isn't your end point. Because we see a lot of sisters and they're not wearing the incorrect hijab. And the, no, they're not wearing the correct hijab. And they know that it's not correct as well. They know it themselves. But you don't just stop with the excuse that I'm on my journey. Yes, I'm on my journey and I'm working towards it. If you're not working towards it, then you're just being like, you say Allahu Akbar, but is Allah more Akbar than or the way you dress like or pleasing people? You know, you got to like, even with your salah, your, your, every single time you say Allahu Akbar, that's not a light thing that's on your mouth. You are declaring that Allah is great. Allah is great above all. So even like hijab, we're going to talk about hijab because we're all sisters here. So it's relevant to all of us. And it's all about your intention. If you intend and, you know, you're on your journey, I would never, as I said, I'll never tell a girl to go and wear jeans. But if you are wearing shorts and you want to wear the hijab, I'll say, hey, if it's hard for you at the moment, start slowly, slowly, put looser clothes on, longer clothes on, and also improve on your deen. Because if you don't have the deen, if you don't have the iman, the hijab means nothing. If you are not doing it for the sake of Allah, but you need to know Allah, you need to know the, like, what, like Allah's words, and which is the Quran. So it's like an inner journey and it's an outer journey. But wherever you are, never, ever, ever, ever stop there. Always, always strive to be better. Even if it's not feasible in your eyes, make dua for it. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the impossible possible. Like, And I can speak from experience because around this time, a couple months ago, last year, I was not wearing hijab. I was not doing anything. But the second you start making an act towards it, you walk to Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will run to you. And it just comes step by step, step by step. And as Madam said, it's never all in or all out. So Jazakallah Khairan for sharing that, sis. Um, 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 I think Sister Alia and then Sister Misra. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Yeah, I just wanted to add about what Sister Madam said and about changing yourself, like something like cancer or some stuff happened to you, but uh, it didn't happen to me, nothing like that, but just a small thing. I had a dream, a very weird and dangerous dream. Like, and uh, I uh, like uh, searched about that, like, what does it mean and what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want to convey to me? And it meant that He wants me to come closer to me, my dream, whatever that was. And like, subhanAllah, like that day, I, I wasn't able to sleep. Like I wasn't a hijabi, I wasn't praying my salah and nothing. But yeah, I don't. I'm just having goosebumps right now talking to. But uh, Alhamdulillah for wherever I am today, and uh, I just wanted to say this because uh, I thought maybe it would be an inspiration for uh, some sisters out there who think that I'm not the only one who's experiencing like the ups and downs of iman or like. Uh, I was completely away from Islam. Uh, if I say this, it's not an understatement. But yeah, my mom used to just tell me that uh, uh, pray your salah, it's time, it's time. But yeah, Shaitan was on his high that time. So yeah, I I can't even say anything right now where I am today. I am gaining so much knowledge because of you sisters and this halaqa 
and the Islamic lectures and everything. So thank you so much. And uh, what you said, Ras sister, it's also true that we are here for a reason. It's not a coincidence. Like I love that so much what you said. Thank you so much. And uh, also about the hijab. Like there are people in my family too who wouldn't support. Wouldn't support in the sense they wouldn't say anything, but the judgmental look says everything. It's not that we would feel weird. I was once in a mall and uh, that shopping mall and they were literally laughing at me for just wearing a hijab. Like it's just a piece of cloth for you. It's everything for me. Mm. Why would you do that? And I, I just looked at them. I glanced at them and then they just stopped laughing as if they were afraid of now looking at me. Why? Why did you have to do that when you were so afraid after facing it? And this is literally my, I mean, I can't even just express it like whatever I want to say to them. But yeah, <laughs> and then I also spoke to my sister that uh, this, this happened, this stuff happened and she, was, she doesn't wear hijab. So I just, uh, like she comforted me that uh, it's okay, there are people like that. And it's not, uh, it's going to be common as time passes because of the fitna happening. And one of the fitnas I already mentioned in the comment section that uh, the modesty, modest clothes are getting expensive day by day. And it's like very unaffordable, unaffordable for some people, including me, because I'm a med student. And it's uh, like, I just, I have to put on what I can afford, right? Because in the end, Allah sees the intentions and not your money or not your aesthetics. And yeah, that's all what I wanted to say uh, that uh, uh, hold on to what you are today and improve day by day. Nothing else. Thank you so much. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how we start our life. It's what matters is how we end our life. And may Allah make our ending the best ending, inshallah. Because you can start your life practicing, but what guarantees that you finish your and you end your life being practicing? You just have to hold on to the din and continually to strive and improve, inshallah. So may Allah reward you, sis. Ask Allah Subhanahu to make you steadfast and keep you on the straight path, bismillah. What you said, Maram, that's so true. It's like, who says we're going to be a Muslim? Like, do we not ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us more than 30 times a day? Like, what is the wisdom in that? It's, it's to remind us that guidance comes from Allah. And I think, it's, is, it a, is it an ayah or is it a hadith where it's like, don't like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can replace you easily. He'll put in your place someone better. And it's like, how many like, beautiful people do we see coming into the deen and holding on to it and valuing it more than us? Like you and I cannot be like we're not guaranteed, guaranteed. Islam tomorrow, so it's like we ask exactly for nothing guaranteed. Yes, yeah, subhanallah. Yeah, inshallah, we 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 live we leave this dunya at the at the best state of iman we've ever had. You know, that's the most important thing. You know, even like Ammar al Khattab, he came he before he, he came to he was coming to go kill the prophet before he was asked for the guided him and made him practice. So you know where he was and where he ended up, Allah Akbar, big difference, night and day. So you know, just keep striving. That's all I ask, you know, all, each and every single one of you to do. Um, the heart will continuously to uh, continuously flip and change and low iman, high iman, but just keep going, keep striving, keep struggling, inshallah, and you'll, you'll get there in the end, inshallah. I love, love, love what you mentioned. It's like when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was going through that, like 
the Prophet وسلم, he was the most beloved creation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was the best of mankind. And when he was going through that, when he was going through that mockery and that torture and all of that, and he was feeling it so like immensely, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him? He gave him the stories of other prophets and he gave him like the words of the Quran. And it's like, do we not have access to the same thing? Like the same gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Prophet We have the access to the same words. Like the exact same words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to the angel, to the Prophet We have it in the exact same way it came down. 1400 years later, we have the same gift. We have the same guidance. And it's like when we're going through what we're going through, why don't we turn to the Quran? Why don't we look at the stories of the Prophet ﷺ? Why don't we look at the stories of the other prophets? It's like we have access to the exact same thing our Prophet was given. And he was the most beloved creation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what does that say about like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to us? Like when you read the Quran, take the Quran as, as a guest in your heart, like uh, accept it and like nourish it because that's truly the thing that you are thankful for. And I think it's like such a beautiful thing. And like, as soon as you're feeling something, just open the Quran, just be like, YOLO, what page am I going to read today? And see how it will speak to you. If you can't touch it, open it on YouTube, random, but pick a number between one and 114, pick it out of a hat and just listen to that, uh, listen to that surah and like, we'll read the translation for it. It's, it's, it's our gift. And if we do not have a relationship with the Quran every single day in some form, you know, it's truly in the remembrance of Allah, the hearts will find peace. You'll, you'll, you'll be the reason to your own like demise. Like you will ruin yourself. So it's like it's constantly turn to the Quran. Assalamualaikum, guys. Um, really hey. excited to be here. Um, it's really funny because um, my mom used to listen to these halakas and be a part of them during lockdown, and I'd honestly be staring at her and be like, "What are you doing?" Like. <laughs> Um, and now, like, after attending my first one, I'm like, okay, I see you, I see you, girl. Um, but, yeah, no, um, what I want to share is more of a self-reflection for myself because I recently read the book, um, The Simple Sarah by Ustad Asim Khan, um, and I really highly recommend. And when I was reading the book, I constantly wondered what it would have been like to be present at the time, not necessarily wanting to be there, but um, just something that was always on the back of my mind. And yeah, just before I start speaking, I would like to share that this is more of a reminder for myself first um, than preaching. But um, yeah, today's topic that was narrated, it made me reflect for myself how blessed I am to be born Muslim um, and not have to live through those times where you were basically bullied for um, following the word of God like how crazy is that like imagine that like you're following the right path but you're being bullied for it um, and this is also something I feel like I've taken for granted growing up where I, do, where I have um, where I can openly practice what I want without worrying about what the person next to me is going to think. And even if they were to question it, I'd be more than happy to share it with them. And nine times out of 10, they would be accepting. And um, 
if they were not, but I'd be more than happy to give them a piece of my mind. Like, you know, I have that freedom and um, definitely something that we should not be taking for granted. And yeah, it's a blessing. It's definitely a huge blessing, subhanAllah. Like, um, and when I say that we're so blessed to not be in that time, not demeaning what the Ummah at the time went through, of course, they will be rewarded for mm. their hardships as we will be for ours. Um, but yeah, we are so lucky to also not be in that position. Um, and be where we are, have access to all the resources that we do, um, and how easy it is for us to do good things if our intention is in the right place. Um, yeah, yeah. That's so true. Um, as you said, like the midnight for me, so like a whole bunch of thoughts. No, no, all yeah. that's what we're here to hear. Um, Maram, correct me because like I remember speaking about this in Sharia class where it's like the Prophet was sitting around his companions and he's like, Oh, I long to meet my brothers. And they're like, Are we not here? Like, what about us? He was like, Nah, I, I long to meet the ones that believe in me without seeing me. And when it comes to like certain yeah. acts of Ibadah, the Sahaba had an advantage where they had the Prophet there. Like, who as a Muslim, who wouldn't love to go to the message of the Prophet and hear him recite and like pray behind him and pray next to him. So they had that advantage, but we also get that advantage of getting more rewards because we don't see the Prophet. So even though we're not back in there in that time and we're not, you know, we don't have the same opportunities to fight for Islam and to do all of this stuff, we have different opportunities to gain rewards. And maybe our prayer is like accepted and we have more rewards because of how like how strange it is to people. Like it's so much more easier to go and pray behind the Prophet ﷺ than it is to ask your boss for five minutes on your lunch break to go and pray. So it's like we will get different rewards and inshallah we'll get rewarded even more because we don't have the Prophet ﷺ around us. Of course, like imagine if he was here, how motivated would we be? How much better would we be as Muslims? But it's like because we... Subhanallah, in fact, like you're you're exactly right. Remember when the companions called themselves hypocrites? They said, um, they ran in the streets saying, you know, I'm a hypocrite, I'm a hypocrite. And then when the Prophet Hassan pulled them up saying, you know, what do you mean you're a hypocrite? You're you're the really strong companions, you know, what do you mean you're a hypocrite? And they said, you know, a prophet of Allah, when we're around you, we our man is very, very high. And as soon as we leave and we go spend time with our family. We think of the dunya, we think of all this uh, worldly stuff, you know, we're hypocrites, you know, we're, we're two-faced type of thing. <clears throat> and the Prophet ﷺ said to them, you know, if you were to stay within this company and get closer to Allah um, and stay like this in this amount high, this, you know, with your family, then you would get so close that you would shake the hands with the angels, subhanAllah. So our, our iman is meant to go up and our iman is meant to go down, subhanAllah. It's totally normal. And we, as the, the ummah of the Prophet ﷺ, the reason why he ascribed to us, you know, his companions, he took it away from, you know, he, he took it, so his brothers, he took it away from his companions, subhanAllah, because we are we are doing the job of the prophets and that's to enjoy good and forbid evil, is to give da'wah, is to go in the streets and give da'wah and, you know, uphold Islam when no one's the when the prophet's not around to help us through this journey, so subhanallah, it is it is more rewarding and it is um, more challenging subhanallah. So 
Um, I just want to reward you all for keeping steadfast. You know, it's amazing um, and it's not easy. And and Rasul Sassam recognized it there and then. SubhanAllah. <laughs> Haraz's party. I love it. Inshallah, it's, I think, Sister Khadija's turn. If she, was she next? Yes, I'm like, again, y'all, I'm back. <laughs> but um, I've heard like a lot of the sisters say, you know, you struggle with prayer or you struggle with whatever. And I just want to say I am a person who definitely like struggled with prayer. I struggled with niqab. Like when I first wore niqab, I wore it some days, didn't wear it other days. And it's not all or nothing. I'm pretty sure um, Sister Mariam already said that this religion is not all or nothing. It's not like don't let guilt destroy you because it will. It, it definitely will. Like I was a person who it was very hard for me to pray. Like Fajr was easy because I have insomnia. So sometimes I stay up for days at a time. So I would already be up. Fajr was easy, but everything else after that became very, very hard for me. And in my head, I was like, well, I'm a hypocrite. I shouldn't be wearing hijab because I don't even pray. I'm a hypocrite because I don't do this. I don't do that. But we aren't meant to be perfect. We weren't created perfectly. We're human beings. We're going to mess up. We're going to slip. We're going to fall. You might even fall down on your bed a few times. Like that's just what life is. You just have to keep getting back up. And I know that it's hard, especially when it comes to um, prayer and like you work. Like um, for me personally, at my old job, I would always have to ask like, hey, I wouldn't ask them. I would low key tell them like, hey, I'm about to go pray. And a lot of the times like it was very hard. They would be like, well, you just went like two hours ago. You can't go again. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go again. So I'll see you guys in a minute. I'll be back. I'll be back. We can talk about it when I get back. I'm going to go pray. And it's very hard, especially in this world, especially when you have so many other things to do. Prayer is hard to keep up with. So for me, number one, I don't think of prayer as like an obligation, even though it is. I think of it as like, okay, Allah is inviting me to come talk to him. He's inviting me personally to come have a conversation with him and I don't know about y'all but my duas after like my duas after prayer is much longer than my prayer like I sit there and I talk to a lot about everything I'm like look a lot this is what's going on in my life you already know but I'm going to tell you anyway this is what's going on this is what I need this is what is going on in my life this is what I need forgiveness for this is what's going on in my parents life I need you to help them with that like I just talk I talk to a lot the way I talk to you guys and you guys know I can I can chat up a storm. I can chat up a storm. So imagine how it is when I'm talking to a lot. Like I just have so much to say. And- I love that. I love that. Well, that's so rare to find. And really, two sisters said they do that. Well, that's that's you're making me want to pull up because yeah. that's what I need to start doing. I need Definitely. to start doing. It's so much easier when you think of it like. I have stuff to say after this prayer. Like, yeah, this prayer is important. I'm having a conversation with the law, but I got stuff to say after. I need to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> like, the same That's way I'm talking to you guys is literally how I talk to a law. <laughs> yeah, the, like, the I just have so much to say. The Prophet used to always say to um, Bilal to say the adhan, you know, Ya Bilal, Rehna Bissalah. So, Ya Bilal, um, call the prayer as it's, he finds the prayer. The Prophet used to find tranquility and peace from all everything that's going around the world. He used to want, he used to love the prayer because he used to take him away from this distraction and this hardship and this world. And he used to yes. love it. Found, he found tranquility where nowadays people are like, oh, yeah, the burden, yeah. Salah. Oh my gosh. Like, you oh know, so. I have to stop watching this movie. I have to go pray. Like, it's, yeah. it's now seen as like a burden upon us. But I've talked to, like, I have friends of like every background. Like, I have Hindu friends, Muslim friends, Christian friends. And, Every single, like, one of my Christian friends that I talk to, they're like, I don't know how to feel close to Allah. I don't know how to feel close to God. Because 
like you pretty much have freedom to do not freedom to do whatever but they don't have like established prayers like we have they don't have a lot of the things that we have especially like prayer is definitely a gift like Allah is inviting you personally out of all the people in the world he's inviting you personally by name to come and talk to him five times a day and so many people don't have that like I talk to my Christian friends a lot about like religion and stuff like that and a lot of them say like it's hard for me to stay steadfast on my religion like I find it a lot easier for me to do things that I'm supposed to do when I'm keeping up with my salah when my salah falls everything seems to fall with it like my iman goes drastically low when I'm not doing my salah when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing and it's definitely hard it's not easy but when you get to a point where like salah becomes second nature it's so much easier than if you look at salah like oh this is something I have to go do I have to go do this prayer I have to stop this like think of it beautify salah for yourself beautify it make it beautiful make it something that's personal don't just think of it like this is something I have to do and I don't want to make it beautiful make it personal make it your thing may that be your duas after may it be the adan that brings you to it like I everybody has different things that will bring them you know, to Salah and make Salah beautiful for them. Beautify it for yourself. For me, it's the talk that I have afterwards. For you, it may be something else. Beautify your Salah. Beautify how you go about the religion. Like me, I love to read. I'm a big nerd. I watch anime all the time. Like I'm literally a nerd. I go to the library all the time and I have so many books. Like the first book that I ever bought, that's like an Islamic book is called, it's this book. It's called The Choice Islamic Christianity by Ahmad Didat. And it basically speaks about how similar the religions are and how Muhammad is literally in the Bible. Like it talks, it goes into depth about the religion and how similar they are, but how different they are at the same time. And I also have another book called The Fundamentals of Tawheed, which is an amazing book. I would definitely recommend it. But um, I just wanted to say, like, and th- there was a sister on here who said something about how when she struggles with Naqab, like some sister said something about her not wearing it full time. Everything in this religion is a journey. Everything in life is a journey. Like, if you're not even talking about religion, like, your job is a journey, your career is a journey, everything is a journey. And it's not you're not who do you you've never met anybody who went from zero prayers to five prayers that's not how it works it's a journey as long as you are steadily improving yourself and you're steadily you know going forward and you're trying it's going to become easier I promise you it's going to become easier you just have to put your best foot forward and it's going to get hard you're going to fall stuff is going to happen but it'll be easier for you when you keep going when you keep trying it becomes like second nature I'm going to shut up because you have 10 minutes left and it's three sisters who want to talk. But I just wanted to tell you guys that like life is hard. This religion is hard. It's not a e- not hard, but it's hard in this day and age with so much going on, especially just in modesty. Like it's literally so expensive. If any of you follow me on my Instagram, I went on a little bit of a rant a few days ago talking about how expensive it is to just modestly. Like I have like four abayas and they're like $200. And I just bought like an abaya and a jabab and that was like $100. Like they're so expensive. But it, it'll be made easier for you, inshallah. You come closer to Allah, he will run to you. I'm sure Sister Raz already said that. But I'm going to say it again, just because you didn't hear it. Jazakallah <laughs> khairan, sis. I, I, yeah, that's, it's so true. It's like, don't go backwards. Like, it's going to be hard. But no matter what you're doing, whatever sin you're falling to, never go backwards. Like, as you said, like, if you're not praying, don't be like, oh, I'm a hypocrite. Let me take off the hijab. Because slowly, 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 that's how shaitan will get to you. That is shaitan. It's like, I'm not praying my prayers. I'm not going to go to my Quran class. Like, what am I doing? Go in front of people and reading Quran when I'm not doing this at home. It's like, 
do not just whatever you do never ever ever fall into the traps of shaitan and don't go backwards because we all go like up and down iman goes up and down but we don't go backwards we're strong muslim gang no not not gangs women not a gang (laughs) that do not go backwards we are only going forward um sister nuria Assalamu alaikum, everyone. I won't take too much time, inshallah, but I just wanted to share something that I always think about. Like, our religion is all about doing justice to others, right? So if someone has a responsibility over you, for example, you have a visitor to your house, you would treat them the best you can with the best meals. And then your parents as well. Like, you try to give back to them pretty much your whole life as much as you can. And then I just think to myself, what about the Sahaba? Like, what about all of the things that they went through just so my tongue can twist to the words, la ilaha illallah. Mm-hmm. And just so I can be invited to that prayer mat five times a day. They went through so much just so I could do that one more than 1,400 years later. And they didn't even know me. Um, and that there was already that love for the ummah. And I am a part of that ummah. Like, how lucky. And on the day of judgment, we're the first to be able to have the opportunity to go into Jannah, walk into Jannah with, with our Prophet Sallallahu Like, we are chosen. I know it, it would have been beautiful to live amongst Prophet Sallallahu And I know all of our hearts somewhat yearn for that. But we're still part of his ummah. And to take that responsibility, like it's not only a right that we need to give back, it's our turn to pay back now to all the Sahaba and our Prophet but it's also beautiful to know that so many people loved you enough and cared for you enough to be tortured physically. Like that, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. And another thing that I really wanted to mention, um, going through certain things um, six months back, um, my life did sort of change and I have to say that if anyone is struggling through anything, Allah guides you no matter what emotion you're going through, he guides you on what to do next. Like if you've lost someone or if you're, if you're feeling, I don't know, if you're having financial difficulties or anything, he guides you by using the example of Prophet Sallallahu and his life. And that's why it's so paramount to study the seerah. Like, for example, what we've discussed in this episode, um, how the, the Prophet was going through a bit of a downtime and saying, even my family is rejecting me. The first person to ever publicly degrade him because of the message was his own uncle, his own uncle, um, someone who he, Prophet actually looks up to. Um, and that just, that just, Allah just then says, you know, um, after you know other revelations giving him examples of what other prophets had to go through so and that's how prophet sallallahu finds comfort so knowing that he's not alone knowing that the loss that you've been through the the difficulty that you've been through you're not alone and to think of others lower than you or you know to, to think of everyone else who's going through the test and who is beloved to Allah it once again it brings you back you're like I'm part of the ummah and, and I'm part of um, the people who are made to struggle. We're born to struggle, right? We're not, we're not born to have comfort. In the Quran, Allah never refers to the dunya of reaching happiness. The maximum beautiful emotion that we're ever going to experience is contentment. And how? By the remembrance of Allah. Like, it's very <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're, you're 
even in um, someone mentioned sort of um, Asad, and it starts with saying mankind is always in a state of loss other than you finding, um, you know, um, a, a community, a group of people where you can practice remembrance and you can practice sabur. You know, like it's, it's repeated again and again and again. It's a theme that the only way we're, we're going to find that peace is by carrying on this responsibility from our Prophet Sallallahu and the Sahaba and truly actively being um, a part of the Ummah. Um, like I was reading a book um, just a few days ago where it says it was Prophet Sallallahu and it was mentioned in this talk tonight as well, it was Prophet Sallallahu the first one who, to equalise genders, to equalise, you know, um, communities and nationalities and rich and the poor. And yet all of a sudden now the Western culture talks about multiculturalism and giving um, rights to women who are divorced and allowing um you know, female children to be as opportunistic as male children to study and go uni. They're taking credit as is. They're taking credit in Like, we shouldn't be doing that as well. Like, we should really take on that responsibility and say, I am going to practice my religion as best way as I can, whether it means I need my, my I'm not going to have enough time to eat on my lunch break. That's what it means, and that's what I'm going to do because people were tortured for me to be able to do this. Subhanallah. Zakallah khairan, sis. Zakallah khairan. It's the truth. Zakallah khairan. Sister Hanan? Oh, yeah. So I'm back again. I couldn't just stay still. And uh, <laughs> subhanallah. And I just finished Surah Al-Shu'ara today in my Tahfid Madrasa. And I always find myself in situations whereby, like, whatever Surah I finish, or whatever surah I'm in in madrasa, I always find situations or like things related to it. So today when the seerah was talking about the stories of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was trying to and was responding to the Prophet sallallahu situations and he was using the stories of the other prophets and these stories are mentioned in surah al-shu'ara. He's mentioning the stories of Prophet Musa alayhi salam كذبت even story of Prophet Nuh كذبت Nuh للمرسلين كذبت قوم لوط كذب أصحاب الأيكة which are the people of شعيب عليه السلام and كذبت مود المرسلين the people of صادح عليه السلام and all these prophets they had the same stories that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم they were all mocked they were all repelled and also Allah in the Quran Allah سبحانه وتعالى says in in this same surah surah al-Shu'ara the people of قوم Nuh they told Nuh, oh Nuh, if you do not stop with your actions, we're going to make you among those who are stoned to death. And this, this the same thing happened the Prophet wasallam. they would stone him. And the same thing with the Prophet Lut they told him, if you do not stop, we're going to make you among the we'll make you among those who are ex- exiled from the area. And that's the exact same thing they did to the Prophet So looking back, I'm just seeing everything relating to Surah Al-Shu'ara again. I'm just like, subhanAllah, what are the chances? Barakallahu <laughs> feekum, subhanAllah. And yeah, and also, and I've had a lot of sisters talking about the, the what is it called? The issue of Iman going high and low. So I have this life hack. <laughs> I don't know if the Prophet Sallallahu was the one who said it. I'm not so sure. But I came across it like a, few, an, a long time ago. So and it was said, like, we, we're all human, right? We all falter and we all sin. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, 
if this qawm were not to sin, I will wipe them all out and I will bring another qawm that would sin. We're not prophets. The Prophet's chest was opened and his heart was cleaned. So we are meant to sin and we are meant to falter, but that does not then but that, that does not become an excuse for us. We're still supposed to strive in the path of Allah. So when the iman, the, the life hack is when our imans are high, it says that when the iman is high, we should do we should do righteous deeds exceeding the fault. Yani we should not only be stuck to the fault only. For example, praying the five daily prayers. But when we feel our iman is high on that day, we wake up, we do the adkaru sabah, we pray the two rakats before fajr, we do all the qabliya salahs and we do all the ba'diya salahs. So when the time comes and our iman, and which is bound to happen, when our iman becomes low, even if we fall short on doing the voluntary act, we still have the far salah, which on a normal day, if we'd only be doing the far salahs and our iman comes low, we have days where we miss fajr, or we, pray, or we pray late. But doing the voluntary act when the iman is high cuts out on missing on the fault act when our iman is low. Yeah, so that's all. Jazakumullah khairan. Jazakumullah khairan. It's so true, sis. I loved how you said that. It's so true. You know, the alpha, the, you know, we're, we're meant to be, we're meant to be a nation who sins and comes back to Allah. So long as you come back, no matter what sin you do, big or small, don't ever lose hope in the, in the mercy of Allah. Come back to him. Come back to him and inshallah, Allah will forgive. Mm, so true. So, so true. It's like when your iman is high, use that. Like, you know, when we go in our really bad times, that's when we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, it's like once we have no one else to turn to, once we have nothing else distracting us, that's when we re- remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in, in reality, when everything is going well, when your iman is high, like, push even more then because at least if you go this extra mile when your iman is low you have something a bit more kushni to fall back on as she said if you only do your far which is still really good and that's amazing like if you do your far but if you only do that and when your iman is low you'll fall back onto your far cracking you know but if you have something more if you have you know do your sunnah prayers you know every day set at least some sort of minimum whether your iman is high or your iman is low set some sort of minimum with the quran whether it's an ayah it's a page it's half a page it's a druz it's a surah whatever it is set your bare minimum and when your iman is high skyrocket do more and then the shaitan when he comes to you and he's like you know, go down less, you'll, you'll still have something to fall back on. You'll still have a relationship with the Quran. Even if you have to force yourself to just open the book and close it, have that bare minimum to yourself. And inshallah, when you're, because I think today's everyone's just talking about how the iman's up and down and we all go through it. Like so I was telling Maram the other day, I thought I had a DNM with her an hour in the calm, like, dude, I'm so low. <laughs> and it's like, subhanAllah, it's like the bare minimum that carries you. The, the, do not like, have, have your bare minimum and that will carry through your low iman times. And only you know when your iman is high and when your iman is low. Do not compare yourself to anyone because your high may be my low or my low may be your high. You know what I mean? It could and, be. And that's why. Yeah, and that's why you surround yourself with friends. Like, subhanAllah, when you have those lows, those, those friends will pick you up. You know, at the end of the day, like, if you're around the wrong friends, they're going to sway you down the wrong path. So subhanAllah, like me and uh, the Raz are very transparent with each other. We, we reflect a lot, subhanAllah. So when I feel down, she pulls me up and she reminds me, you know, have you done your Quran? Oh, you know, that's probably what it is. You know, have you done this? Have you done that? Make sure you have friends 
and sisters around you who pull you up when you are feeling low, not just like, oh, no, yeah, wallow in your sadness. You know, no, you can't. You just get up and keep moving and inshallah, um, strive, strive and strive, inshallah. That, that will help you go through and get out of these issues and these low imans, inshallah. Allah. Sister Zahra, take it away. Final Lucky call. last. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum. Alaikum assalam. Okay, so I just want to uh, share something that I heard from one of the lecture here that one of the greatest blessing with the appointment of Prophet Muhammad as the messenger of Allah to this universe but Muslim or non-Muslim, is the postponement of punishment for those who commit uh, the, the bad deeds. Where is the prophet before Muhammad when his people commit to do the bad deeds, to do ma'asiyah, and refuse to the prophet calls, Allah immediately punish them. Like um, the people of No, the people of Lord Musa and and others. So, uh, by by this great grace from Allah that given to us as the Ummah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, this is a very valuable opportunity for us to take offense of the remaining time we have to continue to strive to be to be good servant, to be good slave of Allah, and. Let's give our best um, best worship for the internal the internal life in the hereafter. I know it's as as Sister Khadija mentioned before. Um, it's hard uh, to do the good deed in this distraction world, but uh, I'm so glad through this halakha it. It's recharge um, my iman and and my 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 eager to to gain digging deeper and deeper about my own din Islam. So I'm so thankful to you guys for 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 this opportunity for this halakha in every week, and and yeah, that's it. <laughs> Oh, so beautiful. Oh, sis, now I thought I reward you. So beautiful. What a beautiful end. What a beautiful. Allah reward you all. We have gone overtime again, but I am not complaining. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. I love it. I know. I know. The dean is balanced, yes. Now I thought I reward you all. Before we, before we finish off this session, inshallah, we just want to share um, uh, Sister Raz is now launching a new Sadaqa Jeria project, which is a water well that we'd love all of you to participate. She's going to share it on all platforms, inshallah. Um, yeah, take it away, Sister Raz. Yep. So um, for many of you who are new, the Sisters in Islam, um, our chats, um, in Ramadan, we went crazy and I'm so proud of you all, but we raised enough money for two orphan houses and a whole masjid. And once I found out the power of this group, I'm like, khalas, like I'm giving them the opportunity to do the sadaqah. And we're going to start off with a water well, inshallah. And maybe we'll go to two, maybe we'll go to three, but whatever. Let's make the intention that we want to, whether you donate a dollar or a cent or you don't do anything at all, make the intention that you want to facilitate the building of this water well. And you want to help all these communities drink from this water well. And you want to help all these communities have access to clean water to make wudu with. And inshallah, you'll get the reward for everything. The intention is so important. All comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And inshallah, I'm going to be sharing our water well. And inshallah, once it's built, it's going to have like a sisters in Islam water well. 
and we'll all get to see it um, where it's built as well. Um, and I'll be sharing that as well, inshallah. Jazakallah khairan to every single one of you. I love you all for the sake of Allah. Thank you for all your reflections. Thank you all for being here. Inshallah, we'll meet next week. Inshallah.